Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey everybody, I'm Kyle. This is my basement. The name of the show is Kyle Brandt's Basement and I'm thrilled to tell you you are currently watching episode number 100. Pretty cool. 100 episodes. I'm thrilled. I'm happy for the staff. You want to know what's funny? Look back on episode number one. We looked at what we were talking about. This is way back in September. I think it was on Labor Day. Josh Allen was on the show. I was complaining the hate of the Love Hate Hilarious. I was, I was hating that Browns Panthers couldn't be flexed into prime time. <laughs> Browns Panthers! Because I was that much into the Baker Mayfield revenge game. That's pretty good. Meanwhile, we're also reporting that John Harbaugh is confident that a deal with Lamar would get done. Still hasn't. And there was a weird story where Mike McCarthy was proposing to do a Oklahoma drill versus Bill Belichick. I still like Mike McCarthy in that drill. I think he has way much more power than Belichick. But that's what we were talking about in week one. Isn't that strange? Here we are in uh, week 100, really, episode 100. It's awesome. I'm thrilled that you're here with me. I'm really happy you're joining me. All kinds of stuff to talk about today, which today the stuff we will laugh about for episode 200. We'll look back and we'll play this right now and laugh at it. Derek Carr is the bell of the ball. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Lamar. We're going to talk about uh, the Chiefs. I just saw a clip of Matt Mahomes who just looks hammered at the parade, and God bless him. I know I would be. Um, all kinds of weird stuff. Hate, hilarious. We're going to do it all. It's what we always do. we got a huge show today with your predictions, video and otherwise. Who made dumb playoff and Super Bowl predictions? I know I did. Come join me. Love, hate, hilarious. 100th episode. I finally made it. Let's roll. All right, we're a few days into the NFL offseason. How's your depression? How you feeling? You good? Check in with me. Are you all right? It's going to be okay because there is no offseason. Why? Because Harrison Bucker hadn't made the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl for more than 10 seconds before we started talking about that beautiful quarterback carousel, as we love to refer to it as, and this one's loaded. We got a four-time MVP. We got a one-time MVP. We got a beautiful Raiders quarterback. We got a beautiful man and Jimmy Garoppolo, and I just love it all. And I love that Derek Carr right now is leading it. As far as we know, Aaron Rodgers is in the darkness. Let's just get to the Derek Carr thing. It's on, it's officially on. He did this incredible power play where (laughs) he refused to let the, the, the Raiders trade him for anything. It doesn't matter. They could have traded him to Shangri La, set him up perfectly, he and his family for the most beautiful life ever, and he was gonna say no. I will not accept it. I'm gonna exercise my power to refuse the trade because I don't want you benefiting off of anything. You will not get draft picks, players, or money for trading me. You will cut me and you will like it. Well, they cut him and now he does anything he wants. He's just sitting there. Someone could sign him. Someone could sign him. Your team could sign him. Your team's rival could sign him. And I just love that we're off and running. I love it because the Derek Carr thing's interesting. He is not great but he is also not decent. He's somewhere in between. So you kind of want him, but you're also like, eh, maybe we take a shot on a mystery, like a draft pick or something. Do you want to get into business with Derek Carr? Cause he's going to demand a huge salary and you're going to be with him for at least a couple years. That's just the way it's going to go. Do you want Derek Carr on your team? Are you interested in that? I asked the Jets fans. I gave him three choices. 
Hell yes, eh, I guess, or dry heave? Do you say hell yes as a Jets fan if Derek Carr's your quarterback? Do you sigh and say, I guess it's fine, or do you throw up? Which one do you do? Well, almost half the voters, and we have thousands of votes, said they say, ah, it's fine, I guess. Second place was hell yes, and showing up in last place with only 21% was dry heaving. So this is a pretty favorable thing for Derek Carr, and I think a lot of the context for Jets fans is that their quarterbacks are always terrible. They're awful, and they have been for years and years and years and years. So Derek Carr, in his goodness but not greatness, would be great for a Jets quarterback. Do you want him? Do you want him if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan? My guy Peter Schrager keeps going in on this. He keeps subtly saying, eh, don't forget Tampa, don't forget Tampa. And Peter doesn't say anything by accident. He just says things that he kind of knows or maybe has an inclination or that people are talking about him. So what I'm saying is just keep an eye on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Derek Carr. There's all kinds of things. There's the Saints. Now what's funny is we were hearing that the Saints were you know, interested in trading him, trading for him. And then he said, no, 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 not at all. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to go to the Saints. He may sign with the Saints as a free agent. Again, he just didn't want the Raiders to profit from it. If the Saints were going to trade for him, they'd have to set, trade a couple draft picks and the Raiders would get something in return. Derek Carr wants them to get squat just so he can go to the Saints and they don't benefit at all. Here's another thing we were talking about today. Would you rather have Derek Carr as your quarterback, and you can just sign him because he's a free agent. You don't have to trade anything. You just have to pay him some money, sign him a contract, and you get Derek Carr. And he shows up, and he's a professional, and he's a good teammate, and he plays pretty well, and he makes some big throws, and he wins some games. That's your guy. Or would you rather trade a ton to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers? Would you rather do that? Get Derek Carr, just sign him off the street, or trade everything for Aaron Rodgers? What's your choice? Aaron Rodgers, significantly better quarterback, significantly better resume, more talented. You get him. You have to pay a lot. You got to give up a first, a couple of firsts, anything. But then also, you get the Aaron Rodgers eccentricities. You get the Aaron Rodgers enigma. You don't know. Retirement seems to be always looming. Derek Carr, that's not the case. Showcase number one, Derek Carr. Free agent. Pay him a bunch of money, sure, but don't have to trade anything. And you just get kind of this rock solid meat and potatoes. I'm Derek Carr. I'm a good guy. I'm going to shoot straight with you. And the teammates like me. You get that. Showcase number two, trade a whole bunch of capital or players or both to the Packers. You get Aaron Rodgers. You got Rodgers. I think the, the best quarterback to ever play. The best I've ever seen. Four-time MVP. But he's significantly older. I think he's 39 now. He is a lot in terms of the media, in terms of all kinds of personality, and you gotta pay a lot for him. Again, which do you take? I'm always taking a ride on the showcase number two. I'm always gonna go for Rodgers. I just think he's that good, and we've never seen him on a new team in a new town. I would go for Rodgers. But this is the point, we're here at the carousel. Carr is such an interesting character, like I said. He's not a no-doubter. You don't say, well, Derek Carr's available, we gotta get him. But he's also not, nah, I'm gonna pass. He's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, who also figures in this. He's better. I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like if let's say Derek Carr was a car, okay? I'm gonna put Derek Carr as, he's a BMW. I think he is a five series BMW. He's not the fully loaded, massive sedan, the seven series, but he's also not like that little entry level. Like it is a legitimate, nice BMW. I'd say it's got 
70,000 miles on it. It's a fair amount of miles, but still it's a well-made car. It's gonna drive for a long time. It's got a nice interior. Uh, it's black. Maybe he wants a paint job now, but it's a nice car. Rogers is an Aston Martin or a Ferrari. It is just the next level. And it's significantly more expensive and it does have some miles, but it turns heads, it outperforms, it is faster, it is more luxurious. It's all those things. There's not a lot of Aston Martins on the road. There's many BMWs. There's been BMWs before, there'll be BMWs again. Don't get me wrong, it is a really nice car. It's just nothing terribly special or unique. You could see several of them if you just drive around. Rogers the Aston Martin, which do you want? Because there's also all kinds of other cars on the road. <laughs> the Lamar thing kind of blooms. Lamar is a Lamborghini, ridiculously fast, but in the shop a lot, there's some maintenance issues, engine issues. Also, you kind of don't know how to drive it. You don't see it very often. You think it's gonna be there and it's not. It's, it's, it's mysterious. Jimmy Garoppolo is something, is Jimmy Garoppolo is a Corvette. It's really pretty to look at, but I don't know. It's a little bit cheesy. You see a lot of them around. Kind of a midlife crisis decision that you make. They're all over the map with this. See, there is no NFL offseason. Chiefs, Eagles, whatever, it's over. It was over a few days ago, a few months ago. We're talking quarterbacks here. Do you want that BMW 5 Series with 70,000 miles? Nice car. Nice look for you. Beautiful, well-maintained, wonderful accessories. It's got all the things you want, the aux cable and the nav and the big screen. It's just not king of the road. Are you going to really win best car on the block when you're driving that thing? I don't think so. Not when you're in the division with the with the red imported Porsche, whatever the hell Mahomes is, some sort of Porsche Ferrari hybrid that's also sort of SUV adjacent, the perfect weapon. You gonna go with the five series BMW? Mm, I don't know. I think I might try to take a look at some of the other cars, a lot of them out there, but I love this. We're gonna be talking about this for months. Buckle up, car reference. Let's get to what I hate, why not? It's always fun to watch new head coaches get hired. It really is. New guys on the block, <laughs> new regime, same sound bites. We're gonna establish a culture and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. It's, just, it's always very good theater for me. And we got a lot of that going on right now. Um, the Colts, Shane Steichen, catchy name. And then the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon. These guys got a lot of work to do, just a lot. Let's start with the Colts. It's each of the Eagles coordinators. So both these guys 20 minutes ago had a 10 point lead at halftime. And we're like, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. And it didn't happen, but they did get the new jobs, which is kind of cool. All right, Shane Steichen is gonna be the head coach of the Colts. The context there is I always look at the quarterbacks in the division. So who the hell knows who the Texans are gonna have the Jaguars are, are something. The Jaguars were there against the Chiefs in the playoffs, the second round of the playoffs with a good coach and a good quarterback and a good young core. They're gonna be something. Titans are a mystery. I don't know where they're going with Tannehill. I don't know what Vrabel's doing. They always sort of seem to matter, but that division is not scaring anybody. What's scaring anybody is the history of the Colts quarterbacks. I'm gonna see if I can even do it. Different, different quarterback on week one, how many years in a row? I think. Let me try to get this right. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, then we did Phillip Rivers, then we did Carson Wentz, 
then we did Matt Ryan, and next year we're doing somebody else. Six straight years in a row, they will have a different starter week one. I don't think it's gonna be Matt Ryan again. I mean, that was terrible. It was ter terrible. I love Matt Ryan, but him looking back on him that year in a Colts jersey is going to be bizarre when he retires as I guess you can give him the soft compliment of being an iconic Falcon. Point is, that's what Shane Steichen stepping into. Division, pretty supple. Quarterback, I don't know what the hell they're doing. No idea. And they have good young players. We'll see. Then you go to the Cardinals. All right, so Jonathan Gannon is this super excitable, rah-rah, culture, culture, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war type headbanger coach, which I like. He's from Cleveland. He went to St. Ignatius High School, which if you know anything about high school football, is a real factory and a real respected place and certainly hit my radar. But think about the coaches that this guy steps into, Jonathan Gannon, in the NFC West. Pete Carroll, who will be in the Hall of Fame. John McVay, who just really tasted blood for the first time in a difficult season. He's in the, the prove-it year and they've got to reintroduce himself like Jay-Z. He's got that. And then he has the Kyle Shanahan machine with the 49ers. Who the hell knows who they're going to churn out, but they know they're going to be good. And then you have Jonathan Gannon? That guy? Tough. And meanwhile, you have uh, a very mysterious sort of influx front office. My guy, Steve Kime, who I love, uh, is off and working on himself, healing himself, whatever he needs to do, private stuff. It's just, it's not pretty there. And he's, you know, he, he had things to address. So I don't know where they're going to go with their front office. And then the Kyler situation is just massive. I, I don't know how thrilled I would be if to coach healthy Kyler Murray. And there were those reports that came out via Terry Bradshaw secondhand that Sean Payton didn't want to coach Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson and Sean Payton came back and kind of rebuffed those. But I don't know, I totally believe him. I mean, listen, you're a football fan. If you were a football coach, you'd be like, Kyler Murray, that's the guy I want to go to battle with. I don't know. And that's when he's healthy. Now he's in the rehab and listen, I'm pulling for him. I like the athleticism of, I like what everybody likes about him. He's a phenom. This incredible thing that he's done with, through high school and college, and then since the NFL, it's been a disaster. That guy's gonna do that? That guy's gonna coach him, and he's gonna be injured, and I don't know. What I like is that it's a, such a departure from Cliff Kingsbury. Apparently, everything with Gannon is, is high energy, we're gonna work, like I said, and Cliff Kingsbury was, you know, laid back, and his cell phone breaks, and if you don't wanna practice today, that's fine. A lot of work. Put it this way. Making the division picks next year, I think so you're going to win the division, go to the playoffs, get a wild card, whatever. Are you taking the Arizona Cardinals in the West? No. No. Are you taking the Colts in the South? I don't know, maybe. A lot of work to be done, though. This is not one of those things where they cranked off this incredible season and then the coach left because they didn't win this enough playoff games. And now somebody came in and took over this great team. It wasn't like Mike McCarthy when Jason Garrett left and there was a lot of pieces in place. I don't know. This is going to be rough. I have no idea. A lot of work to be done there. But let's get to something else that's rough. Let's get to what's hilarious because there was all kinds of stuff going on yesterday. Come on. I don't mind beef. I don't mind animosity. I don't mind authentic trash talk between players in the media because that's how they really do it in their heads, behind the scenes, on the field. And now everybody is so sanitized in the media these days because they don't want to have to deal with the brushback and they don't want to lose endorsements and they don't want to get yelled at by their coach. Every once in a while you get someone 
who though you may not like it, is authentic and says how they feel. I've talked about Eli Apple in that regard. He's a little evil about it, but that's why I liked what happened yesterday. There was, I think we can call it a brouhaha, brouhaha on the social media uh, between, inexplicably, the Eagles and the Chiefs, who just played a very, very good game. But it started with a guy who used to be known as the youngest player in the NFL and was kind of, I mean this as a compliment, like the clown prince of the NFL, Juju Smith-Schuster. So out of apparently seemingly nowhere in the wake of the Super Bowl, as the Chiefs, a team that he's on and who won, think they're just, they're celebrating and they're drinking and they're doing whatever and they're getting ready for the parade. I see this as Juju ran out of an alley somewhere and just sucker punched the Eagles. Here's the tweet. Out of nowhere, this was not in response. This was not a reply. On Valentine's, Juju tweets, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And there's a meme. And it's James Bradbury of the Eagles, who was the person who was called for holding on Juju, the walk-off penalty at the end of the Super Bowl, which effectively ended the game. James Bradbury did not demonstratively protest it on the field, did not throw his helmet, came out immediately after the game and said, no, it was a hold, I held him, and that was a penalty. Really, really by the numbers class act. And yet, Juju meme attacks him with a valentine that says, I'll hold you when it matters most. In other words, in the most critical point of the Super Bowl, I'll commit a holding penalty. Juju, that, that is a, an unprovoked sucker punch. He walked up behind Bradbury and the entire Eagles organization said, oh, excuse me, excuse me, tap him on the shoulder and they go, yeah, what? Bam! Right in the face. World star, put it on, punch in the face. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, apparently he had beef, he didn't like him, and he thought the meme was funny and he said, screw it. Or maybe he was intoxicated, we don't know. A lot of those guys are after the game and I, I would be too. So he punches, sucker punches Bradbury. So now the Eagles, let's say, as, let's say if they were the person on the street, are like, wow, like shell-shocked and can't believe the assault that they just suffered. But then they start fighting back. They don't go down. Next. Next tweet. Because then A.J. Brown says, well, that's not happening. And A.J. Brown gets up and kind of like wipes the blood off his lip like they do in action movies or spits it on the ground. And he just unleashes a fury. A.J. Brown addresses Juju. First off, congratulations. That's, that's classy, he kind of bows before he fights. Y'all deserve it, bows again. Then, this is lame, talking about Juju's tweet. You was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. And he finishes by saying, but congratulations again. Now that is an awesome rebuttal. Fantastic rebuttal. It is laced with class, however sarcastic it might be. He makes sure to say, congratulations, you deserve it. And then immediately into this is lame. You were a deadbeat loser who was gonna leave the league. You were out. Mahomes saved you. The only reason you're in the league, let alone in the Super Bowl, let alone in a parade, is because Mahomes, with your stupid little one-year deal, TikTok boy. TikTok boy is something that will stick. That is something that will be memed and tweeted and remembered about Juju for a long time. In fact, he should just lean into it. He should have showed up to the parade today with the jersey on that said TikTok boy on the back. So AJ Brown with a thunderous roundhouse kick 
to respond to the sucker punch. But then other people started pounding. Next tweet. And I could grab 50 of these things. I'm just going with the core. Juju takes the roundhouse kick and he's fighting back. He responds, glad you were finally able to get all that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro. Thumbs up, ring emoji. Now, here's what I like about this. One, I like that he responded because he took a flurry of punches. Like, that was the, how do you can? Like, he, he got, they started mashing buttons in the Street Fighter and Juju took heavy punishment. I like that he said, all off your chest after all these years, kind of insinuating that there's a history there that maybe we don't know about and that he thinks that AJ has been bitter or had beef for a long time and that he was just purging. And then the good game bro with thumbs up is very condescending and the ring emoji is always like kind of a finishing move. Like I just got a Super Bowl ring and you didn't. So that's it, right? Nope. Next tweet. Out of the dressing room. By God, that's CJ Gardner Johnson's music. The glass breaks. He says, Juju ran from me when I check him in game. Three yawning emojis. Then 10 got his smoke. Then vomiting emoji. That one's a little bit cryptic. I think he's talking about Isaiah Pacheco because he's number 10 for the Chiefs. I'm not sure about the throwing up, but CJ Gardner-Johnson just wants to fight. He just wants to hit somebody, and he does. So we have a full-on, I was, I'm not sure, is it fracas or fracas? I don't know. It's, it's both of them at once. It is a Royal Rumble, just days after a well-played in the sense of sportsmanship Super Bowl. No cheap shots, no personal fouls. Seems to be the two one seeds and two good teams just going at it in a game that came down to the final minute was 38 to 35. Anything else? Is there a next one? Juju's still standing somehow. Yes! Juju says, and I'm gonna, he says, big cap. He does a cap emoji, so that he basically saying that's BS. Also, I told you in the game to stop all that talking because we were gonna come back and win that game. Now, let's see, here goes Juju. Juju's trying to finish him here. Help me decide which finger I need to get sized for this ring. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji, and we gone. That's pretty good. Guys, that's as good of a back and forth as you will have between big time, high profile athletes these days. And there were some tweets that were taken down. I don't care, they were tweeted out. I wanna know what role alcohol played for the Chiefs. I wanna know what was said on the field. I wanna know what the long-term beef that Juju alleged AJ had. And I wanna know if this is the end. I want to know where this goes from here. I want to know when the Chiefs and the Eagles are going to play next year. Is Juju still going to be on the Chiefs? Is Bradbury still going to be on the Eagles? <laughs> we don't know. They may both be on different teams. They might be both on the same team. And then we'll bring up all these tweets again. My point is, in an era, again, I'll say it again, when it's all about great game, stay healthy, and I love you, and let's exchange jerseys, that's all wonderful. But that is only one part of competition. There has to be animosity. There has to be... Uh, toxicity even. There has to be earnest, I don't like you and I'm gonna come after you and I'm not afraid to say it. That is real competition. This I love you, stay healthy, go win this thing. That is only one part of it. And we can't lose the other part. And thank God for Juju Smith-Schuster, who I don't care if he looks like a little jerk. I like him bringing that part to the game. And I like the Eagles responding and I hope there's more. In fact, I think it's hilarious. Let's move on though, cause guys, you made predictions, I made predictions, we all made predictions, and they're all gloriously horrible in something we like to call aged like fine wine. And you know what I love? 
Omaha Steaks. Hail to the chief of steaks. Enjoy presidential savings on Omaha Steaks' favorite foods, including tender steaks, ocean fresh seafood, air chilled chicken, and more during their President's Day sale. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code BASEMENT at checkout and get 30 bucks off your order. That's $30 off an endless variety of delicious gourmet foods from perfectly aged tender steaks to juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals. Every bite is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee. Visit omahasteaks.com, enter BASEMENT at checkout and take advantage of this exclusive offer. There's a reason why Omaha Steaks has been the leader of gourmet steaks and food since 1917. No one, and I mean no one, comes close to matching their flavor, their tenderness, and the value of Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code BASEMENT at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I'm impressed. I've not seen that animation before. I, I, I'm looking here. I'm, I'm swirling one of the five S's, the swirl and the sip and the savor and the smell, all that. And then there was like some sort of... Uh, kind of Skinamax type music that I just loved. That was really good. We got to do this segment every day now just so we can watch that. Great job. What are we gonna, are we gonna win like a, a Clio award or a Webby or something? Wonderful job by the Kyle Brandt Spaceman staff on that. But here's to the substance of the wine. It might just be crap. It might be just the, the, the two buck chuck that I used to drink back in the 2000s. Here's the deal. After the regular season ended, regular season so 17th game, 18 week, we asked you for your takes that you were so confident in. You're like, well, I just watched four and a half months of football. I can tell you for sure, Brent, that this will happen in the course of the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. I knew that that would happen. You knew it. I knew this was gonna happen. I had mine, you had yours. Should we get into them? Should we get in? Should we look at them now that the season is over? I think we should. Let's uncork this puppy. Let's twist it and pop it. And here we go. Andrew Alton. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's looking all the way back to the wild card round. Andrew says, I feel pretty confident in Ravens uh, over Bengals. They scored 21 points on turnovers from Anthony Brown. Play a clean game, get starters back from a weak rest. All right, so he's saying he thinks the Ravens are going to beat the Bengals because when they play prior, the Bengals scored three touchdowns on bad Anthony Brown turnovers. Just play a clean game and we'll get starters back and be fine. No, it was a terrible game. The Bengals won. The Bengals won the next week, too. That was not right, Andrew. I love your optimism. That was a bad prediction. Drink up. Who's next? Next on Age Like Fine Wine. How'd we do it? Max Jones, he says, a game involving Josh Allen will be the game of the year. Well, Max, we only had two to choose from. One was a bizarre, sloppy game where the Bills kind of almost messed around and lost to the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. 
And then another one was one I attended in Western New York that started with Bengals touchdown, Bills three and out, Bengals touchdown, Bills three and out, and it was pretty much over. So I kind of felt that was a good prediction for you. It was not a, a, a good prediction for you, Max. The, Josh Allen did not have the game of the year this year, at least not in the postseason. It's too bad. We like Josh. Didn't happen. All right, this guy with the weird emoji and an even weirder handle says, New team staffing interviews result in the Bills offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, taking a head coaching job back with the Panthers. Frank Reich returns to Buffalo as the new OC for the 2023 season. <clears throat> you had the words Panthers and Frank Reich next to each other, so you really flew close to the sun there in a good way, but you're 0 for 2. Ken Dorsey did not, after a single year as the Bills offensive coordinator with pretty good results, uh, did not take the head coaching job, did not offer the head coaching job. And Frank Reich did not take the OC job. Frank Reich is the head coach of the Panthers. So you were kind of all around it, whoever you are, but that was not right. Drink up. Next. Oh yeah, big action Bill with his fancy blue check mark. Did you earn that bill? Did you pay for it? All right, he's got a few. One, the Vikings will lose in a heartbreaking way. I'm going to give him that. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to give him that. They lost at home to the Giants. <laughs> Two, the Chiefs will lose a game that they absolutely shouldn't have lost. Terrible. They didn't lose any games. Three, Mike McCarthy will do something stupid. And that's wrong too. I wish it would be, it was right. I'm pulling for you, Bill, but Mike McCarthy won a playoff game, which I think is a massive achievement for the Dallas Cowboys. They usually don't. They won a playoff game and then they got smashed by the 49ers, but it really wasn't a Mike McCarthy thing. It was, Dak did not play well. So, um... You're only one for three. Vikings are losing a heartbreaking way. Should have cut. Should have should have stopped while you were ahead. Vikings losing a heartbreaking way. They had a fourth and eight, and they threw like a two-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson. Oh, Jimmy Trana, who's always on the officiating beat. Oh, Jimmy, look at you. Look at you. Jimmy predicted back at the end of the regular season, this is a SI media critic and mogul, the refs will blow a big call in a critical situation. Well, the mind immediately goes to Bradbury versus Juju again. But that's a dice that's the one tough to dissect this week. It was a hold. Like it's it, it wasn't like they blew it. It's just there was an officiating quote unquote controversy at the end of a Super Bowl, and we were really hoping to avoid that. So, Jimmy, it's kinda half right. I don't I wouldn't say they blew it. That's that's like it's kinda half right. So Jimmy, thank you for your contribution, but you can drink up. I know you like it. Uh Lucas. Lucas says the Chiefs win every playoff game by at least seven points. Listen, they won every playoff game. I know that. It wasn't by at least seven points. They won the Super Bowl by three points. I think they beat Jacksonville by, by more than seven, if I'm right. And then they played Cincinnati, and that game was super close, too. But, um, Lucas, this is one of the best predictions I've seen. If you can count saying the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl is a good prediction. Chiefs are really, really good. Just predict it now, Lucas, next year. Next, drink up, Lucas, please. Oh my God, Chris Whitney has about 30 of them. All right, here we go. I'll just rifle through them. One, Chiefs lose to Bills or Bengals. Two, Dolphins lose to Bills. Ding. Three, Matt Canada fired from Steelers. Four, that's right, right? Pro Bowl ratings are up. Actually, I kind of saw the contrary. Five, Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. That's a huge. Tom Brady loses to the Cowboys in the wild card round and retires. So let's see, did, did Chris get any right? Um, <laughs> I don't think he did. Nope, I think he was 0 for 5. Imagine making five predictions and not even be able to get one right. Chris, I love you. 
you got to drink up. You got to drink five glasses of wine. Next. Oh, that's it. We have video entries. Okay, so here's the deal. I was in Arizona. So our excellent social media producer, Natalie, and she went around and she found some people who wanted to do just what these people are doing, but instead of the whole playoffs, it was just for the Super Bowl. Give us something that you just feel so strongly about um, that's gonna happen in the Super Bowl. And our first one, we have a young gentleman. Young gentleman named Carson. What do you think is gonna happen in the Super Bowl? Let's see. Hi, my name is Carson Miller, and the Eagles are gonna win the Super Bowl with an angry run by Jalen Hurts. Ah, that's awesome, Carson. Look, you're not far off. Um, listen, they should have won the Super Bowl in a sense that they were in it to the last second. And Jalen Hurts did have a couple of angry runs, especially at the goal line. He ran for three touchdowns and tied a record that Terrell Davis set back way, way, way before you were born, Carson. But I'm sorry, they did not win the Super Bowl. So you made some good thoughts and good points. And I love the other prediction. We're not afraid to have it on the mic. But you're just as wrong as some of the other tweeters. Sorry, bud. I thought the Eagles were going to win, too. They did not. Next, David. David, who, I don't know, see if you get Steelers fans vibes here. I think he's a Steelers fan. My name is David, and my bold Super Bowl prediction is that it, the difference will be a safety. A safety in the game. I don't, my visions, I'm not quite, uh, I will say a safety. Uh, Eagles, a safety. That'll be the difference. David, big safety guy. <laughs> I love it because it's like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I like that. Um, the suit, super sharp. I like that Natalie was like looking for people like with her little microphone and like, who should I go to? Oh, look at that guy wearing a 40 long Steelers suit. Have any predictions for the Super Bowl? And out of his mouth comes, Eagles because of a safety. <laughs> the long history of safeties in the Super Bowl. There's not been many of them. I remember in Patriots Giants 2, Brady suffered a safety earlier in the early in the game. But you know who did not suffer a safety? Patrick Mahomes in the one against the Eagles, nor did he suffer a loss. So David, you're a big winner because of your beautiful suit, but you were over two in your predictions. Uh, one more. Can we get someone who gets it right? Daniel, what do you got for the Super Bowl? Hello, my name is Daniel Andrade, and my bold Super Bowl prediction, which is going to come true, Mahomes throwing for under 300 yards, but Kansas City to win by a field goal. All right, that was awesome. If you, if you didn't hear that, it was a little low. Daniel said Mahomes will throw for under 300 yards, but the Chiefs will win by a field goal. Daniel, bring it in, buddy. That was awesome. I love you. I'm going to give you a big kiss on the forehead. Mahomes didn't just throw for under 300 yards, threw for under 200. And they did win by a field goal. Nice job. Send Daniel a bottle of wine. Isn't that strange to think about? So if you did the blank, not knowing how the game was going to go, and you're going to say, here's the statistics for the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts will run for three touchdowns. He'll throw into A.J. Brown. He'll have no interceptions and 300 plus yards. It's pretty compelling. Mahomes would be under 200 yards. You're like the Eagles by 15 points. No, they lost. They lost. That fumble was massive, massive. And man, they just, the Chiefs in the second half. I just can't believe that it shook out like that. Daniel, really great job. I'm proud of you. That's a great prediction. I had some. Um, <laughs> all right. I had my, my, my prediction 
was going into the wild card round. It was Bills versus Dolphins. And I predicted that Case Keenum would play mop-up duty against the Dolphins because they'd be up by so much that McDermott would take Josh out. Terrible prediction. They did win the game, but they had to really fight for it. And the second half got very dicey. So no, Case Keenum did not come in the game for the Bills. I was wrong. I think I had another one here. Damn it. All right. My other one was the nine. Oh man, this sucks. Although I kind of have a spin on this. I said the Niners Eagles title game would be an instant classic. Best game of the year. Ah, no. Listen, if you know the show, you know that for two months prior to the playoffs, I had Niners Eagles in the NFC title game. So I was right about that. But I was just so looking forward to it. I'm like, both these teams are so good. I want to see them smash into each other. And then the game was over in five seconds when Hassan Reddick hit Brock Purdy. It was just over. It wasn't a real game. I don't discredit the Eagles at all, but we didn't get to see the fight at all. It was like a fighter, a boxer who gets cut in the first 10 seconds of the first round and ends up losing. Like, we didn't really get it. So it was not the best game of the year. It was an instant classic in the sense that it was a ridiculously infamous memorable game i feel like i'll remember that game for a long time by how strange it was and that mccaffrey was playing quarterback for the niners and they had to switch his helmet so they could have a radio in it it was infamous but it was classic only in a terrible sense and it was not the best game of the year um michael flynn michael flynn super producer michael flynn flynn can you get in here or should i just do this by myself just come on in just get in here i know we're doing brant awareness next can we not do it now there it is all right flynn uh, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. I like that little kid who made the prediction. I was hoping he was going to be right. He wasn't. Neither was the Steelers guy. But your prediction, and I'll let you speak to it, you predicted before the playoffs started that the Super Bowl would be the Buffalo Bills versus the 49ers. 0 for 2. Bills really not close. Uh, your thoughts and your prediction looking back on it. How do you feel now? I stand by my prediction looking back on it. I think the Niners were an absolute steamroll team at that point. There was no signs that the Eagles, especially the last few weeks of the season, were going to be that good, and the Niners just could not be stopped. The Bills, I think my heartstrings were pulled a little bit, and I wanted the fairy tale ending, uh, and maybe that was the wrong choice, but also they just were completely uncharacteristic of themselves against the Bengals. It was a bad loss. Well, Flynn. The point of the segment is not to say I stand by your prediction. I stand by what I said. I was wrong. But I was dead wrong, right? I was wrong. Let me ask you this. Do you stand by that snappy haircut you got? I do. I do stand by it. A lot of haircut talk recently. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, noticing. well, listen, they lined you up nice. All right, that's, that's age like fine wine. Flynn, I'm going to give you the opportunity of a lifetime. Will you please toss to your own brand awareness segment? Go ahead. Let's uh, bring Michael Flynn on in here to make Kyle aware of headlines that he doesn't know about. Let's hit Brent Awareness. Wow! All right, let's bring Michael Flynn in here to make me aware of headlines that I don't know about. This is Brent Awareness. Yeah, the uh, first one does not follow those rules at all. I want to go back to what you love, give you some nuggets on Derek Carr. He now has right. a connection with the Jets, former Raiders offensive coordinator Todd Downing, yep. hired as their passing game coordinator. Another nugget I hadn't seen, courtesy of ESPN's Rich Samini, Carr, a career 2-10 with temperature 40 degrees 
or lower. That's always <laughs> a big storyline. Uh, going back to it, my question for you, what's the Jets' goal right now, realistically? And if it's a Super Bowl, you talk about Rodgers. Is it something that can be attained in the window that he would still be playing? Yes, definitely. Because they have... I, I, listen, I, I was there. I, I got to be at NFL Honors. I was Flynn... And stay in here because I want your thoughts. No, no, no. Get him back in here. I want his thoughts as a Jets fan. So, Flynn, uh, I was about, um, let's say about 15 feet away from Sauce and from Garrett Wilson at Honors. They were across the aisle and like just four rows down from me. They were sitting right next to each other or right behind each other. They both won Rookie of the Year, which is a really, really cool thing. It, it very, very rarely happens. The last time I remember it, Alvin Kamara and Lattimore won it for the Saints. Um, so those are two guys who are excellent, who are relatively cheap, of which they have a few other guys. They're really young, and you bring in Rodgers. I think the idea is to, like, we got to get to a Super Bowl in the next two years because then, like, our young talent's going to be stupid expensive, and Quinn and Williams is also going to command this and command that. He might already command it. So I think if they get Rodgers in, the idea is, like, Two years, guys. We can win the AFC in two years. I think we can do it. And I, I actually think with Rodgers, they they have a shot. AFC is so tough, but they have a shot. But never mind me. Give us a local heart heartbeat of a fan and tell us what you think. First of all, about Derek Carr, because that's how I started the show. Derek Carr's your quarterback. You fired up? I, I'm not fired up. The tweet results right. at the top of the show were exactly what they were, but I don't know that you need to be fired up if you just want the Jets to make progress and have a playoff appearance. Uh, like Derek Carr is fine. I think you just need a serviceable quarterback with that offense right now. You're getting Brees Hall back. You're getting some of the linemen back. I don't know that you just need a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. And in the last two years with Zach Wilson, they've had a quarterback who just can't get out of his way. So yeah, Derek Carr is fine. Jimmy Garoppolo is fine i've seen if ryan Tannehill ends up available he's fine yeah. but you're starting to sell me a little bit on the rogers train because you're right the one thing that you would hate to have is to bring in a guy like i think the reason i don't like it and i do like it excuse me is because you bring in a guy like Carr, and you i assume would sign him to many year deal and that kind of yeah. like makes it so hard to lock up those guys later on where if you bring in a guy like rogers maybe you win a super bowl or at the very least get a playoff appearance which they haven't had in forever and then he plays another year or two he's off the books and then it's time to sign those big names and you can draft a quarterback or trade for a cheaper one find one somewhere so i don't know it's it's tough well listen i i think what you're saying is right though i think that rogers to the jets would be similar to brady to the bucks like you're going to get a couple of years out of them right and then I think he's gonna be done. And you're talking about someone who doesn't make mistakes. No one in the history of the game has made fewer mistakes than Rodgers. Like mm -hmm. this year was a little shaky because it was weird, but historically he, he just doesn't throw interceptions. He really, really doesn't. There would be none of that going on as long as he gelled well. I just still think, I just don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think he's coming out of that dark house and say, I'm moving to Jersey. I, I just, there's something in my bones that's intangible that I just don't see this hippie Jedi monk from Chico moving to North Jersey. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's a fit. I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen, but maybe for your sake, uh, I hope I'm wrong. If you have further commentary, or should we move on? 
No, we can move on after one last point. We had talked about that before. We also said he doesn't want to follow in the footsteps of Favre. I also don't know that he wants to go to Josh's division. Josh is Mm. the head of this division. The Bills are probably going to be the AFC champs for a couple more years. Does Rodgers really want to sign up to play a road game at Buffalo or at Kansas City or at Cincinnati in the playoffs? I I don't see it. Well... If he wants to go somewhere where he's the best quarterback and has the best chance to win, he stays in Green Bay. It's like, yeah. you know, I like what the Lions did this year, and I like the Vikings. Like, he's still the man in, in the mm-hmm. NFC North as far as I know they took their lumps this year, but then just stay. But who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, let's move of completely away from football. Uh, Marvel right. Studios head Kevin Feige revealed that Harrison Ford would be portraying Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, the president of the United States and Captain America New World Order, set to be released in 2024. Kyle, you excited for Ford joining the MCU? I don't know. I'm, I, listen, I'm excited for Ford in general. I just, I just read this great article about Ford, and it was, it was an uncharacteristically candid interview. I, I hope I'm getting this right. I think it was a Hollywood Reporter, but he was promoting Shrinking, the show that he's doing. And the, the interviewer had a great approach of just being like, look, I know you hate this, but I'm going to lean into that, and I'm even going to tease you about it. And I think Ford responded well to it, because he got some really good quotes. It's just, um, you're at the point now with watching Harrison Ford on screen where, like a lot of you, I've done it for my entire life, and he is someone who's very special to my youth and even my adulthood. But you just watch him, and it's like, he's so cantankerous, and he's so joyless in so many ways that it's almost reached satire. And from what I understand in The Shrinking Show, he's basically playing that character. I don't know how much I enjoy it anymore. I'm nervous as hell about the new Indiana Jones movie because I don't know how they're gonna pull that off and especially the action parts. And listen, I'm a Ford fan for life, but like I saw a clip of him recently and I think it was Fallon or Kimmel, one of those, and they were just saying, it's from a few years back, and they were saying, you know, when you were playing Han Solo again and you, and you put on the costume, you know, it's been so long, did you get emotional? He said, I got paid. And we're like, Jesus, Harrison, can't, can't you just, just let us love you and let our, us fanboys just be joyous? And in this article, he's talking about how he wants to wear beards in movies sometimes, but that he was once told by a studio head that I'm paying for Harrison the Ford face, no beard. And even when he had a beard in The Fugitive, he had to shave it off like 20 minutes into the movie for those reasons. So listen, he's showing up now. He's taking the Marvel check. He'll probably be good, but... I think my, my, my final takeaway was that like he, it'd be really nice if he stuck the landing on the last Indiana Jones. If he did that and it worked, just like he did with his last Han Solo performance. If you don't know Han Solo, he was in episode seven and he was really good. And he, I think the best part of that movie with, with Adam Driver, I think it was just good. It was this beautiful, dramatic, Shakespearean death of Han Solo. It was just, I, I really enjoyed it. And I got goosebumps when he got in the Falcon and I'm a nerd for that stuff. I would love him to stick the landing on Indiana Jones and sort of make up for some of the wrongs of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and all the swinging with animated monkeys and all that nonsense. And then just walk away. Like, I don't know how much longer Harrison Ford's going to be here. I really don't. He's up there and he's had a rough physical life. He's banged up his body a lot. So the Marvel thing, fine. It's, he'll be one of the part of the cast and he'll be this certain character. He'll be fine. The Indiana Jones thing is very important. I'd really like him to have it as a beautiful walk off and... I'll be there watching, Flynn. 
Yeah, I like what Marvel does with the older actors, bringing them back for these little bit roles. I think Bill Murray is going to be in the Ant-Man movie that comes mm. out, uh, I think, later this week. Uh, I'm not an Indiana Jones guy at all. I think I've really? seen what, one or two of them, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. My big question for you, since both of us oh. are heading to Disney in the near future, uh, yeah. that Indiana Jones show at Hollywood Studios, must yep. watch or skippable? I watched it. Especially I was for there kids. Last year, I went to it. The Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. It's in uh, the Hollywood Studios in Disney World. I really liked it. Um, Brooke was a little, uh, a little reticent because our kids are still sort of young, and it's like it's it's very violent, like the Indiana Jones movies are. Like there's a ton of punching and shooting and explosions, which like. Hello, I'm into, but if you have little kids, it is a, it's a little scary and it's very violent, but I, I'm into it. It was fun. I liked it. Okay. My boys are older. My girls aren't. Maybe we'll uh, do a boys trip yeah, over there while cool. they hang out at Disney Junior. Uh, finally, Japanese-based company Takiko Sewing has introduced an onion-shaped wearable bean bag that's designed to let wearers relax and, quote, totally let go. <laughs> and, quote, I mean, you see it there, Kyle? You Um, I'm, I don't think I'm spending my own money on one. It, it, it looks resoundingly like part of the male genitalia. <laughs> like, did they really have to make its skin tone? Shouldn't these be <laughs> like red or green or purple or something? What are we doing? The... <laughs> what? So it's the idea is it's like they took, come on. They took the Snuggie which was the wearable blanket, and they basically made like a wearable bed. <laughs> Fancy a nap at a moment's, oh, come on with that shot. <laughs> I'm cringing just looking at it. No, like I'm, I'm not. We have several beanbag chairs in my home. We have them for the kids. Like they're in front, they can play Nintendo on it or whatever. We don't have that stuff. <laughs> I love that guy's just napping on his floor. Is that guy at work? What is he doing? Like. This is stupid. This is a stunt product that they're just going for the weird shock value. This is like a pet rock. No one's going to buy this. No one's going to have this at work. No one's doing that. And sell for about $120. So she's wearing this giant scrotum pair and he's just conked out at work in his dirty Pumas. Fancy. Come on. What, what, Flynn, I, I dare you to tell me. Hold on, no, this is actually cool. This is gonna take over the world. T -t Zag on this for me, I, I dare you. No, I, I don't. This topic is entirely about the visual. I didn't see you going in that direction with it. Uh, but yeah, I wanna see that guy sit up. How hard is it to sit up when you're lying on the floor? I don't know. Thing? You can put this in and chill out in your living room. Chill out in my living room, I'm gonna sit on the couch. Is this for people who don't own furniture? Wait, I, if. I don't understand it. It's like a wearable couch and they sell for $120. Don't sell this for $120. Don't buy it. Save up over a time and buy a couch for $1,000 and sit down like a normal human being. This guy's an idiot. The people who are selling this are morons and we're getting fish hooked into talking about it. I actually would like to try one for a second just to feel what it feels like, but I'm not going to spend my own money on one unless they want to send one, of course, to the basement for free and then I'll do the last segment of the show in it. I'll send some emails and see if we can get you one. Oh, I'm sure they'll be thrilled with my endorsement of them. Uh, I, in the meantime, I, I'm just an Omaha Steaks guy, Flynn. I don't need to lie down on this. I'll sit down at a table like a gentleman and have some beautiful steak 
Flynn, great job. I hope you get Aaron Rodgers. I hope it's not too expensive. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow when he gets out of the darkness, whenever that is. Maybe he's got that thing on in his darkness retreat and he just lies in, in that giant flesh-colored pear. Until then, um, it's time to throw a dart. Let me do it. See you, Flynn. Go to the sky cam. Come on. They need to catch your name for that thing, too. I had some suggestions, but they're all R-rated. Whatever number I hit is the topic that I talk about. I'm going to use the Union Jack flag today and 15. I'm not even going to walk over. That's a 15 next to the basketball hoop. The 15 topic is... I had 15 yesterday, huh? Okay. Um, favorite team logo. 100 episodes in, you, you, you got, it's not easy to come up with these, I know. Favorite team logo? I'm trying to look around the room and see if I can draw, grab some logos. This is the Kiev Capitals. That is a... Ukrainian football team. I can't speak to the logo. It looks to be some sort of clover or something. Um, that's the ultimate warrior on a, on a cooler. I see a Vince Carter Raptors logo. Remember when they used to have an actual dinosaur on, their sh on the front of their shirt, like in the Damon Stoudemire era? That's just kind of classic Kobe Lakers. Um, let me think about that. You know, I, I, I'm sometimes, I'm, I'm going to go based on, I'm, I'm sometimes asked what I think is uh, my favorite NFL jersey, like uniform. And my answer to that is usually I say the Raiders. We'll go back to the Derek Carr conversation. He's an ex-Raider. I just think the silver and black looks beautiful. I think anytime you have black uniforms, it always works. As long as it's authentic and not forced and some sort of color rush nonsense. So uh, then I go to the logo and it's that pirate's face or that, you know, with this got the football helmet on but has no face mask and he's got the swords behind it. Speaking of that, I'll, I'll give a Zag answer here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what logo I really like? I like the logo for Virginia, University of Virginia. It's the V with those crossed cutlasses behind it, similar to the Raiders, but it's just kind of cool because it's college. It's very preppy looking for sure. It's definitely on a visor. But I've always liked the University of Virginia Cavaliers logo. My brother-in-law went to Virginia. He wears it sometimes. Um, I like that one. Random answer, I know, but I like the Virginia sports logo. And I like you guys joining us. Like it every time. We got another show tomorrow, all kinds of things to talk about. The NFL season never stops. All kinds of crazy stuff off the field and other sports. We'll do it all. It's what we do in the basement. Thank you. Love you. Goodbye. Exit through the garage. Close the door. On your way.